I'm so stoked for unit four, chapter four, which is all about exercise. It is our last class for this December 2020. And then we have two Tuesday nights off of sad, lonely dullness on a Tuesday night. <laughs> so this is such a good one to end the year on, of course, because that also means we're beginning the year on it. I know for me, especially exercise is one of those things where doing like exercise that's separate and dedicated and kind of purposeless. So in that sense, I mean, going on a walk just for the sake of going on a walk versus like I walked up the hill and picked berries, you know what I mean? So kind of aimless exercise in a way is sort of hard to find the time for as a parent, especially if you're the only adult home. And your kids scream and cry whenever you try to take them on a walk because they want you to carry them the whole time and all of these sorts of things, you know, so it definitely adds a huge layer of complication to getting the exercise in. I will say before I ever had kids, I never had a problem finding the time to work out because I loved doing it. It definitely was satisfied something in me and I had no dependence. So I could just schedule it for any time of day I wanted and just walk out the door and do it. And, um, that is nice, but I have had to find ways to sort of make it happen because, um, I loved, uh, uh, Charlotte Mason as always says, you know, that we are born persons and we're the whole person. And, um, you know, we can sit and read wonderful books all day, but also our body does our physical body needs to, you know, move, get the blood flowing through our heart chambers and things like that. So, um, trying, trying, trying to make sure that I still find ways to put that in. I'll talk about some of the ways that I have found to do that. Um, some things that have worked for me and definitely not worked for me. And, um, but let's jump into unit four, chapter four. So welcome Tuesday night, everyone. I am so sad that we won't be on the next two Tuesday nights. However, I also know they will be slam jam cram packed with wrapping and family and baking cookies and, um, eating cookies and all the, the wonderful things of, you know, December. And then also, um, I will talk a little bit about what we're doing, um, on after our December. So on the 28th, I think it is, um, which is a Monday. I'll talk a little bit about what we're doing after kind of Christmas time here at the farm. Okay. So exercise, exercise. We used to just all live on farms. I think it was 94 or 96%. I forget of Americans on the census back in the day in the early 1900s were, um, listed farming as their occupation. And so exercise kind of comes by default in a farming lifestyle. We don't have a huge vigorous farm out here. So I still have to, you know, you can get with just birds, you can get away with a pretty modest amount of outside chores if you wanted to you know clean out the chicken pen and things like that but then the more you add in more gardening and things like that intentionally choosing things that are physical is super helpful so buy a farm <laughs> just kidding um obviously that's not realistic for everybody but i will say that like living in the woods has hugely made it a lot easier i should say thousand percent easier to 
I just noticed. <laughs> I just noticed that these stickers I ordered for diffusers, they're like a Santa sleigh and reindeer. I'm going to go put on the diffuser at night. So when kids wake up, they see it. Um, I just noticed it came from somebody who lives in Washington and it's actually not too far out from where all my relatives live. And mom, her last name is Holt, which is my family's last name. And this is a small town out near where my family is from. So I wonder if she's real. Okay. I'm going to have to message her on Facebook. Like, are we related? So anyways, <laughs> uh, buy a farm, live on a farm, you know, lifestyle and location has made a huge difference. And Gary and I talked about that actually when we lived in the Marysville house, there was nowhere really to walk in the Marysville house. If you went out the front door, you were probably going to get hit by a car and there was no sidewalks. There was very little curb and people speed through neighborhoods like that um i'll type it in the chat mom um oh that is not the name <laughs> I, you know what i need to tell you while you're typing you know you can reorder the people on your screen by dragging them oh yes that's true i'm gonna change y'all's order i'm just kidding <laughs> i got some notification when i logged on today i'm like you can change the order of your pictures i'm like but why would you want to you who is last will be first <laughs> but when we lived in the Marysville house, I remember telling Gary, I, I said, we have, I've never felt like we've been more physically stagnant than when we lived here. And I said, think about all the different places we've lived. So Gary and I have lived, I think I counted out. If you count even small moves, we moved 10 times in 10 years. So we've lived in 10 different places. And I said, look at the places that were the most conducive to physical activity right out your front door. And look at how fit we were. So, you know, San Diego, where we virtually only rode our bikes or walked to get around. We rarely ever even drove our cars around town because everything was like one mile away at the most. And that's taken the long way and rollerbladed everywhere. And there's the beach right there. And the weather is always conducive to being outside. Right. And then Virginia beach where we walk out our front door and there's the boardwalk and the beach and three miles you know, of just completely paved, safe, fenced beachfront walking. And we were always outside physical and then always working on the farm. And, and then we moved to Marysville and you can't do anything outside the front door. You have to get in the car and drive somewhere. We had the most amount of kids. I was the most sick and we just became very stagnant. And if you wanted to, you know, our favorite uh, workout locations that we had found in the city were now an hour plus drive away. And that's not really realistic when you have all the kids and stuff like that. Um, and you have to take turns. <laughs> and so we, we literally said to each other, we need to find a home that is conducive to being more active because we just know that being able to walk out the front door and be active is a huge part. So I'm not saying you have to move to be active. <laughs> I'm just saying for us, <laughs> we, we were able to observe in 10 different instances um, how it made an impact on where, how active we were. So if you, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you feel like you're just a lazy person, it probably isn't even that. Um, I think sometimes just our environment influences what we're able to do. Um, 
like when I lived in Marysville, I was like, oh, I must be just so lazy and stuff. But I was like, I know realistically I'm not. It's just, it's monumental to get, you know, everybody has to go potty. Everybody has to get food, eat food. Everybody has to get jackets, shoes, boots, gloves, towels, changes of clothes, diapers, spare underwear. And you have to bring food, water for everybody. You got to bring wheels. And yes, Jacob. Guess what? What? I want to know what's weird. So this is three things. First, Miss Hansel like behind the tent. And her voice is at the Broncos, then I just saw a light by the turkey pen. Okay, can we talk about it after? Um <laughs> lost my dream of that. But um anyways, all out to say that I just I definitely have found and and it's not always possible for us to change our environment, but um, you know, it was just it was really huge deal. And Gary would just hop in the car and drive down and do like a 15 or 20 minute run and come back you know, at the trail and he'd be like, just, just drive all way and take the kids for a short. And I was like, it's not so easy <laughs> with all the kids. It seems easy mentally and maybe it should be, but then you're there. And as every time I would drive up there and I'd turn around and all three kids were sound asleep in the back of the car. And I was like, am I going to wake them all up and listen to them all scream and cry while I try to go for a walk for 20 minutes to get back in the car, to go home while they all scream and cry. Like, it's just not worth it. So uh, moms, I hear you when I see you. <laughs> I recognize and I respect <laughs> and it is there. It's, it's a thing. And, and, and it is different, you know, um, uh, for, I, I, I maybe will get in trouble for saying this, but it is different for mom to just hop in the car and go, uh, versus for dad to just hop in the car. Um, because usually moms tend to be doing more of the not always, but moms often tend to be doing more of the household management. And so we know what's in the fridge. We know where the leftovers are. We know what's marinating. You know what I mean? Because dads often tend to be the ones who are out and about. It's not always the case, but um, just want to have everybody know that I I see the struggle and I have lived it and live it and felt it and feel it. So um, I, I want to come on here and talk about the benefits of exercise without ignoring the fact that sure, we would all probably all love to go exercise if we could. <laughs> So just like with the food, um, you know, we're like, we all want simple, easy, fast, nutritious ways that are not overcomplicated that we can get um, kind of that insider knowledge to motivate ourselves and inspire ourselves for the wonderful eating that we all really want to do. I mean, hello, if we all lived in a vacation home at the top of a mountain and we had a chef cooking us healthy food, would any of us complain and be like, but I want Pop-Tarts? Like not a one of us would. It's just that, you know, well, you know, the Pop-Tarts were there and they were easy and they were cheap and you know, whatever. So the I don't think any of us on here actually is Pop-Tarts, you know, we're all either gluten-free, can't have red dye, don't buy Kellogg or boycotting Costco. You know, none of us really do, but you know, it's always my go-to example of bad food is Pop-Tarts. I don't know why Pop-Tarts and bagels, but, um, however, um, <laughs> I don't know why, I literally don't know why, but, um, all that to say, yes, of course. Um, I'm not going to say anything that you're going to be like, Oh, I didn't realize I should be exercising. You know, I just want to give us that internal knowledge that where we think, okay, um, you know, this could give me five more years with my grandkids. If I do it now, you know, what, what, what ways can I get creative? And I know there's always 
a mom you can find on Instagram who has 14 sets of twins and is like doing push-ups on her stroller or something like that. Like there's always that. So uh, let's not um, compare ourselves because <laughs> there's literally a pointless black hole that once you fall into, you can never get out of. So, um, so everybody's lifestyle used to be very conducive to a physical exercise, which is why our bodies are made the way they are, which is why we crave sugar and salt. They're tend to be harder to find in our environment. Um, so our body needs to crave them so that we'll be very motivated to put up with the bee stings to get that honey because we need the honey, the sweetness. And, you know, there could be times of famine and starvation. And so we need to be able to store. And then of course, anybody who's ever breastfed or, um, been pregnant, either one, um, even dads, I think, can get the sympathy bounds or whatever it's called. But um, we all know that our body says, oh my goodness, you're going to feed a baby. The baby's um, health is paramount. Even if you go through a famine, you still need to be able to feed the baby. And so then, you know, your hips and everything, your body's just like, oh, where can we store some extra milk? You know, it goes everywhere. So um, not the milk, obviously, it's just the fat that our body uses to make the milk, just in case if we were to run out of meals, <laughs> which hopefully none of us do. But um, we all know, that um that you know we no longer live in this whatever what people always refer to like what the paleolithic era or something like we eat paleo you know eat bugs and twigs and run 100 miles and like swim icy creeks and things like that well we don't really do that so we have to find creative ways to work physical activity into our day um two gals that i love the way that they approach it um Celeste McLean and Jennifer Wright, they both always would say something to the effect of, I just try to find a way to sweat every day. And I thought, oh, that's really creative. You know, Jennifer has a couple kids, so I can feel like maybe, and her husband was like uh, gone in the Navy all the time. So I can be like, okay, you know, see her as an expander for me. And she's a homeschool mom. So she's not like, I wait till the kids go to school and then I work out for three hours, you know? Uh, she had to do it. She, she figured out creative ways and I've seen her, I've gone with her when she like puts the kids in like strollers and puts the bigger kids on bikes and like runs through her neighborhood and whatnot. But, um, you know, there's, there's people out there who find ways and I guess I can use them as either my um, expansion, my motivation, or to make me more depressed that I didn't. <laughs> find ways. I don't know. There's, there's two sides of every coin. So different types of exercise. There's three main types of exercise that Deborah Rayburn refers to, which is aerobic exercise, strength training, and flexibility exercises. They're all equally important. You know, the three-legged stool, blah, blah. If you take one of them away, the stool falls over, you're prone to injury, things like that. So aerobic exercise is where your heart rate is up. You're working your muscles. You're breathing faster. This is building your endurance. Uh, you might be panting, running, something like that. Um, your heart beats faster. You breathe harder when you do it regularly. And for long stretches of time, uh, aerobic activity does strengthen our heart and it does improve our body's ability to deliver oxygen to all its cells. So of course we know we've always talked about, you know, peppermint and ninja and things like that, you know, deep breathing and things like that to help get oxygen to our cells. So one thing we can also do, of course, is regular aerobic exercise. Most people should do about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. She suggests, don't really know where that number came up with. I know a lot of these sorts of really longstanding studies came from research on men in the army in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So <laughs> I, five days a week, 
or how does our body think in terms of work week? I don't know, but you know, a bunch of times a week, <laughs> most days, I think is a good way to say it. So most days, 30 minutes a day is pretty good for maintaining proper health, keeping our heart pumping. And she suggests that most of the time an exercise program should start slowly five or 10 minutes per day. Uh, Elaine, were you the one who were telling us about the medical heart or Christmas heart or holiday, holiday heart? heart. Holiday heart. <laughs> the holiday heart uh, where, you know, we've never worked out a day in our life. All we've done for the past month is drink eggnog and rum and eat those weird little Danish cookies that come in paper cups and big metal tins. Now, all of a sudden we're eating only carrots, we're juicing beets and we're exercising at the YMCA at four o'clock in the morning. So yeah, the holiday heart, Elaine says, you know, January is where people are healing. Everything over. in moderation. <laughs> Took you a long time to plummet down. You need to take yeah. some time. <laughs> And Elaine is not saying that judgmentally, you guys. She has told us of her health story. She's not here to judge us. Um, uh, she's definitely here to expand us and support no, us. No, definitely been there, done that. I personally haven't had holiday part, but a family of member of oh, mine Oh, wow. That's how we learned about it. Okay. So she suggests starting with a brisk 10 minute walk after each meal. Well, that's not always, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and throw the cold ice water on the fact that I know that's not realistic for most of us. I'm sorry. I'm not a bitter person. The, um, one does what one can. <laughs> so I always like to say we do what we can. And I don't like to, I, I, Contrary to exactly everything I've said for the last 20 minutes, I don't like to make excuses for myself and, and all of that. I just, I want to also be realistic and live in the real world where I know that it's not always going to be um, exactly as we want. Okay. So there's other examples of aerobic exercise, walking outside or inside briskly, running, dancing, low impact aerobics, swimming or water aerobics, ice skating, roller skating, roller blading, sports like basketball, baseball, football, tennis. Does anybody actually play tennis? Like around here? No. Um, outdoor biking, indoor stationary biking, um, aerobic exercising, you know, with like a video. There's lots of amazing, cool stuff you can find on YouTube for free. Um, and I know a lot of us moms really have to do it inside. I guess my thing is sometimes I just feel discouraged by myself. Like, eh, what's the point, you know? So having Hannah here has just been amazing. Cause if one of us feels discouraged, the other one is like on the up, you know? So we're always there. At least one person is there to push the other. And I will never um, deny how helpful that is. Um, and I know there's different types of programs where you can get in with like a cohort and they all work out together. And I think that kind of stuff is really awesome because you're just, you have people who are with you, um, you know, supporting you along the way. Okay. Then strength training, this builds strong bones and muscles. This is good for being able to carry babies, carrying groceries. I got shockingly weak <laughs> somewhere during my pregnancy with Adelaide and postpartum. I was literally just astonished when I go to pick things up that I would normally just pick up and throw into a truck and like, I couldn't even move it. I was like, what is going on? My muscles have just disappeared. So, you know, I have to work that back up slowly. I go to do even simple, like a chaturanga, like a very, very low push up or something. And I'm like, what? Like, why can I not be like, what? I just like falling on my face. 
So got to work it. My, my brain thinks I can still do it. And then my body just is like, eh, no. <laughs> so working back some muscle with more muscles, more calories are burned even at rest. Um, so it makes our resting time more valuable, I guess. Strength training. She suggests doing at least three to five times per week. Are we all taking notes on this? <laughs> like run five times a week <laughs> and lift weights three to five times or three times, three to five times a week. Oh yeah. Um, does picking up the baby count strength training exercises. Deborah Rayburn says involve training with weights, elastic bands, or other resistance equipment. Actually, I went to some kind kind of like a rubber band weight workout thing at a studio in Marysville. It was so awesome. You know, you, you get three different colors of straps because each color is a different, you know, intensity or whatever, um, translates into weight. And then he just had us do very simple. I think they're called isometric moves where you're like barely moving your arm and you're like, this is fine. And then after a few, you're like, I'm gonna die. And I thought it was really cool because he goes, oh, yeah, I just get these on Amazon. You know, this is a great brand. They're really inexpensive um, and they last for a really long time. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool because we only worked out for pretty short time, maybe 30, 40 minutes. Well, that's a long time. You know, if I'm working out at home, I'd be like 40 minutes, unreal. But we know when you go to a workout out of place, that seems like a short time. And I was just drenched in sweat. And I thought, wow, we can get such a sweat up with such little dinky straps from the store and barely moving. I, I felt very impressed. Like I could do this at home. If I had somebody to tell me what to do, push-ups, stomach crunches, pull-ups. Uh, and then she says, children can incorporate, children always incorporate strength activities in their play. So they climb, they do handstands, they flips, um, do flips, they wrestle constantly and fight and throw punches and oh wait that part's not in there okay um strength training and exercises are very important for older women to support both muscle and bone health because of course our bones are more vulnerable so you know remember we already talked in the bone class about how we don't build more mass after a certain time so um strength training helps our body to be like ooh, you're putting a lot of pressure on that bone i better make sure i send some nutrition that way all right. Flexibility exercises. This refers to the range of motion of a joint. This varies from flexibility, varies from person to person. I've done, um, I've watched amazing videos where you can literally see people's bones and, you know, they show you like, Hey, depending on how your bone is built, you know, you, no matter how flexible you get, your hip may only ever go to this point. And another person's hip may go, you know, so far because of the way their bone fits in. But once you hit bone on bone, you ain't never going to go any further than that. I don't care how stretchy you get. So that's an interesting thing to see. And also, um, useful information to know if you're like, wow, that girl on Instagram had her leg over her head or whatever. And you know, my bone just keeps grinding. So one person can do splits with ease. Others have difficulty with bending and stretching. And then it's so important to maintain flexibility as we grow and age and all these sorts of things, because, um, being inflexible, th th there's a saying that you can tell the age of someone, um, by the, you can tell the age of 
or, or their like physical age by their spine. So if somebody has their back to you and you call them, do they turn their whole body or do they just twist their torso and look around? And so the more that they just turn their entire body to look behind them, the more aged and less flexible their spine is, but keep your spine very supple. And it refers into a lot of, um, you know, just great health for your body. So there's different ways you can use mine, go this way, you spine go this way, you spine go this way, you spine go this way, you know, there's lots of awesome stretches that you can do. Um, of course with safety and that's the you never overstretch your spine. You just don't just dive right into things without warming up or knowing what you're doing or have someone to guide you. Um, which you can find tons of videos online for spinal stretches and things like that. Uh, we can get lots of like back pain, tight shoulder pain from, you know, a hip, or um, if you walk or run or sit a lot, your um, IT band will get very tight. So it goes from your iliac crest, the eye, all the way down to your tibia uh, connecting right by your knee. There's um, a band right there. And if you don't stretch it regularly, then every time you sit down, it gets shorter. Um, and over time, you know, it's just it's not a good thing. So, you know, we've got to keep those things stretched. So you can look up like runner stretches. Those almost always focus on the IT band and the hips, of course. And if you want to do running and things, walking and things like that, then having flexible hips is really helpful. Um, never too old, never too late, never too sick to start over again, as the saying goes. Um, various forms of flexibility or stretching exercises increase flexibility, ballet, Pilates, yoga, or calinetics for stretching exercises. Pilates is fantastic. It incorporates a lot of, I mean, I, I would say a lot of Pilates is actually aerobic because you are panting and your heart is thumping and you are sweating and it's fantastic. And you're doing all these weight things or you were like holding weights or like you have ankle weights on. And I don't know, Pilates is really awesome. It's really hard. Um, you can find all kinds of uh, daily stretching exercise options online. So stand up and sit up straight every once in a while. Do you see somebody post on Facebook? Are you breathing or what's your posture like? And you go, whoa, I am way crouched over. And all chiropractors will talk about how, you know, everybody's got like this kind of a neck going on because we're like looking down on our phone all the time. And so, you know, boo, shoulders back, you know, not blowing your chest out, but like shoulders up and tucking, tucking your like rib cage in and tilting your pelvis and all these things, pushing your chin back are great for alignment. And of course we don't do them all the time, but our posture often starts out pretty decent as we're young. You see little kids, unless they've had an injury or something else is going on, their posture tends to be pretty fantastic. And then the older we get, it just, um, it just deviates. It, it sort of declines because we get comfortable. We find the shortcut to how we can prop ourselves up and we just kind of fall into that. So, um, maintaining good posture is really important, you know, pinched, pulled spinal, um, issues can happen at nerves and back pain. And, and a lot of effects of poor posture can be rehabilitated toward exercise. And one thing I definitely learned through all the trainings that we did was if you're working your core, which a lot of people are like, Oh, I work my core, get that six pack. And <clears throat> they don't work their back to the same degree. So then, um, uh, like a lot of bodybuilders, you'll see this syndrome where they look like this. 
everything's like pulled in because they're working this like front all the time and their muscles are so tight, shortening them back and they can't even like pull themselves back up and out. So if you're like, oh, I'm really great into working, crunching, 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 well, make sure you're doing poses like, um, you know, holding low planks and things like that to work your back as well, because you want to make sure that you get kind of that balance. Um, one being out of sync with the other can cause injury because those muscles can kind of pull too hard in the wrong direction. So how often should we exercise for how long she says for healthy adults, at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity, aerobic activity, five days a week, 20 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity, three days a week, plus strength training exercises twice a week. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> whereas it used to kind of just happen. This is because we just live in such a, you know, our jobs are sitting at computers and thing, and you know, you know what I mean? Like, this is just how we are. And we don't have, you know, a lot of the natural things like, well, now that we live out here, I see that, you know, we have to fell trees, split the wood, carry the wood up to the house, split the kindling. I literally never do. I'll leave that to Gary and stoke the fire. Right. So then you're like hauling wood all the time. And you might think, Oh, this is a hassle then you remember I'm basically getting a free workout, <laughs> you know? So, um, these things used to just be a part of your day. You didn't think, did I lift weights today? You were like, are we out of firewood? <laughs> you know? So, um, we do have to just make sure that our bodies are moving the, to the extent that the biologically expect to be walking is considered the best of all exercises, all the greats, you know, uh, what? I don't know. I'm tethered to my phone because the internet doesn't reach in here as far as I know. I, I didn't even look. I have no idea. Um, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, Dorothy Sayers, right? You look at all these like famous writers who wrote so much stuff and, and almost all of them, George MacDonald, you'll see that they walked tons, like every day dedicated Charlotte Mason. They all walked every single day. And I think part of that is also where their like mind was thinking, getting their inspiration, but also they were keeping their body active and moving and then also, I think C.S. Lewis, he described a schedule of his day and, and somebody added up, he would read and for like, and, and, and do writing too for like eight hours a day. <laughs> Must be nice to not have to do any chores at all. <laughs> you know, where in his schedule, did it say cooking, doing laundry, even making his bed or fixing a cup of coffee. Um, but I, I write, I read, and then I show up for lunch. I write and I read, then I show up for dinner. <laughs> Then I go for a walk, but he walked, you know, all over London. Um, uh, people actually follow his walks and do tours of his walks and stuff like that. But, you know, if we, uh, that, that's not saying he was like out there running or pumping iron, right. They were just out there walking and Charlotte Mason was dedicated to taking a 45 minute walk every single day. I think everything I have ever read said she did that every day of her life. Um, as long as, as long as I know of. So it's pretty interesting. You know, walking, um, is a great, great heart, uh, support moderate exercises, walking at about 3.5 miles per hour while still having conversation with your heart rate, not above the acceptable limits for exercise. Hmm. Didn't know there was an acceptable limit, but there we go. So when at rest, average human heart beats at 70 beats per minute in males, 75 for females and the maximum heart rate or the maximum heart rate is the number of times a heart can constrict in a minute based on age, maximum heart rate rate, bleh, maximum heart 
is about 220 minus a person's age. Oh, that's interesting. I remember doing those uh, cycling classes, mom, with Maria. I think cycling is where I've ever got my heart rate up the highest. And I think I definitely remember my heart passing um, 220. And it was, you basically felt like you're going to die. Um, for vigorous, so for moderate intensity activity, this is what we want to do the most times per week. Our target heart rate should be 50 to 70% of his or her maximum heart rate. So if my maximum heart rate, absolute maximum heart rate is 220 minus my age, then I would want to be 50 to 70% of that for like brisk walking or something like that. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't have anything to like check my heart rate. Mom sent emojis of riding a bike. I don't have anything to check my heart rate. I don't want like, you know, Apple to track me or whatever. So I don't, <laughs> don't have one of those fancy watches. Um, um, but I did have just a little heart rate one that I used for swimming and stuff back in the day when it is very hard to go swimming when you have kids. Can, can we just take a moment and recognize that all workouts are challenging, but swimming, trying to get like doing laps is virtually impossible. <laughs> unless you have a pretty good setup for it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I found it almost impossible to do that because it takes a significant amount of time and like changing and things like that. I don't know. It's a very specific location, very specific time uh, for vigorous intensity activity. A person's heart rate should be 70 to 85% of his or her maximum heart rate. So if your maximum heart rate is 200, you know, then um, 85% of that do the math. I have no idea what that is. 85 plus 85, I guess. <laughs> which I'm also not going to do the math on. Okay. 180. I don't know. Don't, don't make me do math. Okay. Children and exercise. Kids love to exercise because we don't think of exercise. We just think of it as play. Oh, Drew is here. So let the kids, um, <laughs> this is Claudia. I'm sure it is. Um, I'm sure it is. I think, uh, so we can get too caught up in the numbers sometimes. If we just do what feels really good and feels like a good, like, you know, when you're in a good strenuousness and you know, when you're just like not working at all. And you know, when you just feel like you're having a panic attack because your heart's going to come out your throat. So kids love to play and run around as long as, honestly, if you live where there's a big outside, you don't even ever think about it because you're just outside all the time. But I think about um, families who live in, we'll say like an apartment in the city, you can't just send your kids outside. So you have to really make dedicated time. And that could be, you know, sports or making sure you go to the park. I, I don't know. That just seems really hard to me. So mad respect for any parents who have to, you know, schedule the time to take their kids out to run around. Cause I just could not imagine that just seems like a lot. Um, we do need to make sure our kids get lots of exercise, of course, <laughs> one of the best ways she says is to, to limit the amount of time spent watching television or playing video games. Yeah. Um, of course I agree with that. I don't even think kids should like be exposed to TV before the age of four. If I had my way, <laughs> that's just mean. Um, according to the Kaiser family foundation, Deborah Rayburn states eight to 18 year olds devote an average of seven hours and 38 minutes to using entertainment media what? <laughs> Is this even true? <laughs> I thought it was going to say per week. It says per day. Seven hours and 38 minutes per day. That's like almost every hour you're awake. How is that even possible? 
53 hours a week? You know what? In school, they're on iPads. They're on, that's probably light in some areas. Like maybe for it your says entertainment media, that doesn't even count school time. Oh, well, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, if you figure the average kid gets up at eight o'clock in the morning and doesn't go to bed till 10 o'clock at night, right? So that's horrible. What is it doing to our, no wonder kids are like getting cyberbullying and stuff. Their entire life is happening online. Oh my gosh. Wow. I am um, sheltered. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I know there's a lot of us adults who do that. We use our computers seven hours a day, but you're paid to be on it for eight hours a day. So I'm not saying you want to, or that we even should be on the computer that much, even for work, but it seems different. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Well, meanwhile, the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children under the age of two watch no television at all. Everybody... I, that's not even okay. That screen time should be limited to no more than one to two hours of quality programming a day for kids two years or older. Um, wow. I don't even know what to say about that. Honestly, that's very depressing. Um, for activity infants, no specific requirements. Okay. Toddlers, one and a half hours. Okay, this is though why you see those like little gyms and stuff in cities because people's kids live inside of a house and they have to take them to a gym to get them time to do physical things. And um, that's hard. Um, so one and a half hours, 30 minutes of planned physical activity and one hour of unstructured playtime. It's like triggering to me to even read that. Give your child one hour of an unstructured playtime. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. I, I need to just read this. I can't, I can't do this. Okay. Preschooler, two hours with 60 minutes planned physical activity and one hour unstructured playtime. I don't even want to read that sentence. <laughs> unstructured playtime is like a trigger for me. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> um, school age, one hour planned physical activity broken into 15 minute interval. What? The National Association for Sport and Physical Education recommends one hour of planned physical activity. That's enough exercise for a school-aged child. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know what? That <clears throat> rant warning, mute yourself if you don't want to hear this, or I mean mute me or turn the volume down. That is a political statement because if you say kids realistically should be having eight hours of unstructured play outside. Everybody would fire the government because they're like, that's not possible. And I'm not saying it is possible, but they're like, we have to work and kids need to be in school most of the days. How can you, how dare you say that children need this much playtime? But let me just point out what um, a phenomenally healthy society these recommendations have produced. Okay, I will zip my lip, except for only reading the things I'm supposed to be reading. <laughs> it's a book discussion, right? We're discussing. Okay, benefits of regular exercise. And I don't want, <clears throat> pause, rewind. 
I don't want to be saying like coming down from a high horse, like, well, you know, uh, those parents who live in the city aren't giving their kid. No, I don't feel that way. I, I think every parent does what, the best they can. I'm just saying the government saying, well, we do want your kids to be in school for 12 hours a day, sitting and staring at a TV screen or a zoom screen or whatever, but they really only need one hour of physical activity. And then they can go back to playing video games or whatever. I'm just saying there's something wrong with that. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the internet or not, but um, and I, I do just like I started out saying, I know as moms, it's hard. Like I know as a mom with kids trying to get your kids outside, it would also be impossible, impossibly hard. And, um, I, I had a friend who lived in New York city and she, she said it was so hard because they would, um, she goes, well, you know, every day we would take the kids out to a green space. I was like, what's a green space? And she goes, a place with like grass. I was like, oh, whoa. Like you had to schedule that. That's just crazy to me. They moved out of the city because it was so, she goes, it was not a good way to raise kids. It was just, it just wasn't. And I, I, I know people live in cities because we have to live in cities, many of us. And that doesn't make it the best way to live I guess I'm saying and I don't know I don't want to be feeling sounding like I'm coming off on a high horse or something like that I'm just saying um you see the kids who were well for instance when Gary went into training in the Navy they said it's always the farm kids who do the best at all the spec war stuff always the farm kids and they said, kids who grew up in the country just crush it at the rope climbing, at the crawls, at the, because they're just their bodies are just used to continuous, strenuous activity versus an isolated hour a day to build some pretty show muscles. And I thought that was just an interesting observation. And this is not them trying to make a political statement. This was just their like statistics. You know, so anyways, I, I'm probably getting myself into all kinds of loads of trouble. So I'm just going to go ahead and move on. Benefits of regular exercise. Oh, there's bajillions. Um, for one, Hannah and I both will look at each other and be like, oh, um, I just, I'm feeling like a little just like down these last two days. I'm like, when's the last time you went for a walk or a run? And just like, go, go outside and go. Well, let me tell you how nice it is having two moms on the property that that can even be a thing. That has never been a thing in my life before. And it's absolutely amazing and life-changing, game-changing. So if you're thinking about living on a commune, 1010, recommend. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, but um, it just does make you feel better. To get outside and there's all kinds of studies and whatever but honestly you don't need that crap you don't need the studies to tell you that it's going to make you feel better to get outside <laughs> thousands of reasons reduces our risk of so many health concerns everything from heart disease to osteoporosis and everything in between it keeps our bodies flexible and strong for making all just your normal living activities easier it helps for mild depression and anxiety makes people feel and look healthy, promotes better sleep patterns, increases cognitive function. Yes, I always thought that I must just be so, such a simple person that sometimes I just want to put down the book and go like stare at a tree. 
and not think. And then I listened to a discussion about, you know, nature as it shows up in books all the time. And they're like, look at how these authors have such an intimate relationship with nature, you know, that they're personifying the beech tree. And, and I was like, yes. And they said, oh, you can tell these people spent a lot of time in the woods. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm very smart. <laughs> I'm very smart. And it reverses dementia. More so, everybody's like, do crossword puzzles or drink red wine, whatever they say to revert, like, you know, keep your brain active. Nothing out of all the things everyone recommends does more or even close to what walking does for your brain health and cognitive function throughout aging. Like, how mind blowing is that? <sighs> even people who were once active and have done less physical activity over the years should ease into exercise, she says. So, you know, do things safely like wear your safety equipment if you're doing things like biking and things like that. Uh, she also says exercise disguised. So mom said, AKA chores, unstructured playtime, AKA chores. Um, I, one thing that I, an indication I saw that I was starting to get stronger was when I was carrying uh, either buckets of water or buckets of grain up to the birds, then I would carry one and have to switch it from side to side and stop and rest. And then one day I noticed I was carrying one on each side and I didn't stop. I carried it all the way, you know, like out the garage, up the hill and into the chicken pen. And I suddenly realized, I was like, wait, when did I start doing this? I don't even know when. And it wasn't like, I was like, okay, I'm on the program. I'm going to start carrying the bucket this day. And I'm going to attempt the three quarter the next day, you know? I just was kind of struggling my way through trying to do, trying to just get through the day and a little strength built along the way. So that's an exciting exercise disguised. So she says, take the stairs instead of the elevator, take brisk walk during breaks at work or school, vacuum with vigor. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I vacuum too fast, it misses all the dirt. <laughs> uh, uh, rake leaves, work in the garden, park far away from the store. I always do that just because I don't like parking around other cars. <laughs> um, and then, of course, eating our, uh, you know, necessary food. Uh, refraining from eating before exercising can be just as bad as eating too much. Low blood sugar levels that result from not eating can make you feel weak or tired and affect your mental abilities as, way, as well. Increase your chance of injury. So wake up early enough to get a full breakfast. Do not rely on that last night's dinner, she says. Those nutrients and calories are already used up. Honestly, if you did rest and digest properly, they should be completely basically through their cycle and out of your system. You should not be relying on last night's dinner. If you are, you need to start with the colon cleanse. Go back to those videos. <laughs> um, blood sugar is at its lowest point upon waking in the morning. That's why, why it's called breaking your fast slash break fast slash breakfast because that's the, you know, change, changing that, you know, low blood sugar state. Um, if exercising within an hour after breakfast, Deborah says eat a smaller breakfast or have a balanced breakfast meal in a glass with protein, carbohydrates, and healthy sugars. I would recommend balance complete if you just need like a snap and go drink, um, because balance complete does have a fantastic balance of protein, carbohydrates, sugars, and fiber. You need all four, four of those for that long, slow release and keeping your blood sugar stable. Oh, so then eat large meals at least three to four hours before exercising. Nothing worse than eating a big dinner and suddenly getting like a surprise chance to work out. And you're like, <laughs> forward folds. <laughs> Skipping meals can cause a blow, low blood sugar, which can make you feel fatigued and lightheaded. 
definitely noticed that when Hannah and I have been really trying to encourage each other to, well, she's much better at it than I am, but encouraging each other to go on runs, even short ones, you know, like 20 minutes from when I put on, start putting on my shoes to when I'm taking my shoes back off. And, um, definitely you notice the ones where you're like flying. Well, for me flying, my dogs are still just like walking, but, um, flying versus just feeling like you're dragging and stop and walk. And, you know, and you're like, wow, what, what have I really eaten today? Oh yeah. I had a tortilla chip. Um, following exercise, help your muscles recover and replace their glycogen stores. Eat a snack or meal that contains both protein and carbohydrates within two hours if possible. Definitely check out amino wise. It's fantastic for those muscle restoration. It's a young living powder drink supplement. Hydration, drink your water, replenish your minerals called electrolytes. Uh, please don't do it with Gatorade. Gatorade is so far below the nutritional scale that it's actually considered an anti-nutrient. So it not only does not provide nutrients, it depletes your nutritional state. It's actually worse for you. It actually makes you worse off is what I'm trying to say. So you don't need food colors. You don't need weird crap like that. Um, you can take, um, I know Young Living has some drops. You can do mineral essence, uh, coconut water. Young Living doesn't have coconut water. I'm just saying coconut water is a good one. Um, you do need water, of course, to stay hydrated. We did have an entire chapter on water in unit two. So you can go back if you want to hear more about that. But the, if you're exercising, you should drink at least one glass of water before and after the workout and every 10 to 15 minutes during the workout. I do not drink water during runs or workouts. Honestly, actually, I, I just make sure that I'm very well hydrated um, throughout the day. I'm not a fan of bringing a water bottle into a workout. Um, and I've noticed even with extremely strenuous and we're talking like 90 minute high intensity hot yoga classes. If I like heart pounding out of your chest intensity, if I um, have been well hydrated for days, weeks in advance, I do not ever need to drink water during that, but I will chug before and I will chug after. Um, so, and remember to look for signs of dehydration, thirst, obvious headaches, fatigue, loss of coordination, mental confusion, irritability, dry skin, elevated body temperature, diminished urine output, all signs of high, um, dehydration. Okay. The last thing on here, exercise tips. Number one, exercise with a partner. It is or isn't your thing. I, some people are like, I have to have a workout buddy. Sometimes I'm like, if I have a workout buddy, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, if it is, <laughs> yeah. Elaine, is that how you are? Like you do, or you don't like it? You don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Um, schedule time to exercise on the calendar. There's a thought. Start by warming up your muscles with brisk walking, pick enjoyable exercises or exercise equipment. It's actually why I started doing hot yoga was because I hate walking on treadmills staring at a wall. Everything was boring to me. And I thought this is kind of like, I love ballet and dance and things like that, but I'm not coordinated. Neither am I strong. So I thought, let me do this. And it was really fun because you're basically doing gymnastics, but, um, slow, <laughs> slow, like get to the gymnastics pose and stop and then start the next one. That was easier for me. Um, uh, make it fun by listening to music or watching a video. Do not become discouraged can take time, keep hydrated. 
do not engage in aerobic exercise on an empty stomach, but also don't get up from a huge meal and go for a five mile run. Stop exercising if you feel dizzy, unable to catch your breath, faint or in pain and end your exercise with a 10 minute cool down that includes stretching out those worked muscles. I don't always do that because sometimes the entire time I have to exercise is literally as long as she says to use to warm up and cool down. I'm like, that's all I have. So one does what one can. Um, anybody on here want to say what are your favorite ways to exercise um, other than jumping to conclusions? When I used to do a lot, when I worked with a personal trainer, my favorite thing was to deadlift. Mm, yeah, that is really fun, actually. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it's not only like, like it's good for your muscles and it, it builds yeah. bone and all that, but like mentally it empowers you because you're so core built that you're building your core. And when you have a good, strong core, everything else but kind of falls into yeah. place. I would agree with that. I like bike rides, walking and <coughs> bowling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Lifting weights, uh, bike riding and hiking. Oh yeah, hiking. But I like more bike riding and lifting weights than hiking. Yeah. I like bike riding. I also have a indoor cycle. Oh, so I do. I love indoor cycling. I don't know why. Yeah, it's it it's different. It's different than biking. I don't know it why. Is. It is. Yeah. And I like hiking and swimming. I like swimming a lot. I was going to say, I love to swim, like, but ocean swimming, not pool swimming, like uh, ocean swimming. Is I favorite. love getting like hammered by the surf. Me too. It's exhausting. You're out of breath and I, I'm not doing anything like me too, but it's I a good workout like playing, yeah. you know, but you're like, this is so amazing. <laughs> but again, you're working out your whole body because you're trying to stabilize the entire time. So right. it's like a really Just good trying workout. Just trying to live. <laughs> Just trying to live. Awesome. I, I used to love running and I'm actually starting to like do it again. Just like kind of randomly started out here, just having the woods here. Uh, it's like trail running. So I think I like trail running, uh, running on the pavement. I, I don't so much love, but I like the excitement of like dodging roots and stuff like that. And of course I love hot yoga. It's the best and CrossFit. I love CrossFit. <laughs> Last year was all about stairs. Yeah. Not yeah. No, you guys did the stairs a ton. We found a flight of stairs. It's 188 stairs. That's outside. Great view of the ocean or the, the I don't know what you call that part of yeah. the ocean. But so that, but um, the thing about walking is I can go outside my front door and do it where everything else I have to go do it. I know. I'm just saying, as soon as you have to go do something, it drops for me by like 70% likelihood. <laughs> Um, something that I've fallen in love with and been using for the past little while is Melissa Wood Health. Um, she does Pilates. She She's like, well, I don't do yoga. I don't do Pilates. I just do what I like. And she's not professionally trained or anything like that. She just does the class, the, the things that she likes to do. I don't even know what you would call it. What She just calls it Melissa Wood Health. It doesn't even have a name. It's like diffusion of all these like flexibility stretches that they talk about in here and uh, strength training. And so she has like weights and Pilates things. And some of her classes are 10 minutes long. Some of them are, 
I think the longest one is maybe 40 minutes long, but, um, she has like a subscription thing where you can watch, do her videos. And, and I've done yoga glow and just different things. And eh, some is like hit or miss for me, but hers, I like, I think because she has kids and she'll be like, her kids literally should like show up in the video, you know, <laughs> like screaming background sometimes. It's so cute. Um, but she'll be like, Oh, you know, I literally only have 10 minutes today and I'm just going to do 10 minutes. And this is what I'm doing for my 10 minutes. And, and you think, wow, you know, someone who's all professional, you know, and everything, and they just, they just have 10 minutes. And she always says, you know, even if you can only do 10 minutes, that's all you have literally, um, it does so much for your mind and it, it just, it's true. It's totally true. So I think her website is just melissawoodhealth.com and you can do monthly or yearly, but that, that was helpful for me just because it was even, you know, if the kids, um, were eating lunch, it was short enough of time for me to do a really quick, um, thing. Cause I, I don't know, 40 minutes is a commitment when you have a bunch of little kids, <laughs> but 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, feels really doable. And, and she has some ones that uses props or she'll be like, you can use weights if you want or cans or whatever. And then she'll be like some, you know, use nothing, just body weight. And some she's like, you can, or you cannot depends on if you want to or not. Um, I've never had any props to do it. Um, just me. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, maybe I'll, get some weight sometime. I don't know, maybe never, <laughs> but if you're just at home like me and you're trying to look for something to do, um, and you have, um, kids climbing all over you, that's an option. So, um, I'm just not very like likely to push myself as hard as somebody else will push me. And she does push you pretty hard. And you're like, Oh, it's another one of the things like, this is easy. And then you're like, Oh, are we almost done? Okay. The recipe that Deborah Rayburn has in the end here. Wow. She has a whole bunch exercise power, of course, because we're ending the unit. So chicken nuggets, um, Elaine, we should share this one just as like a teaser sample, this chicken nuggets one. Can you help me with that? This would be glorious. Um, just a sample to have, um, chicken nuggets, which of course, none of us have had chicken nuggets in forever, <laughs> but I want to make these cause they look delicious. It's chicken, meat, egg, potato puree, breadcrumbs. Uh, so use whatever, um, um, Colleen, I'm sure you can do this with gluten-free breadcrumbs, right? You think, is that like fine for coating things? Okay. Um, and then when we make einkorn bread, if I have too much for us to eat in a day, I just freeze it and then I grind it up in the Vitamix. So we have like big bags of einkorn breadcrumbs, Celtic sea salt, pepper, and raw coconut oil. And then you make a puree with the egg and the sweet potato puree. Then you coat your chicken meat in it. You dip it in the breadcrumb, salt, and pepper, and then you um, kind of fry it in the coconut oil. And then she says, if you don't want to fry it in the coconut oil, you can bake it in a baking dish in the oven. But coconut oil is fantastic for your brain. And I think we're supposed to consume like what, two tablespoons a day or something for, you know, preventing dementia. Then other recipes she has in here. Oh my word, sun-dried tomato chickpea dip. I want to make this right now. Um, it's also good. I'm going to put sun-dried tomatoes on my next Azure order because it looks delicious. Garbanzo beans, sun-dried tomatoes, roasted garlic, parsley, olive oil, lemon juice blended together. 
<laughs> millet salad, quinoa with grilled vegetables and cashews. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm saying guys, if this was the menu that somebody presented, they were serving you. Nope. None of us would be complaining. We'd be like, yeah, obviously that sounds amazing. Um, noodle, egg and onion casserole, protein power shake with the young living pure protein, complete electrolyte recipe. Um, here it is 14 ounces of filtered water, two ounces of Ninja red and 15 drops of mineral essence. Um, just shake that in a bottle and, you know, use it instead of Gatorade, please. Electrolyte recipe two, which is 14 ounces of filtered water, a teaspoon of unsulfured molasses and a drop of lemon vitality oil. Shake it in a glass container and then grilled salmon, whole chicken and homemade chicken stock and chicken noodle stoop, which is thicker than soup, but thinner than stew, making it stoop. <laughs> So lots of fabulous recipes in here and all of them are so short. Like they're so short. There's like four on a page. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you can see it. They're not these huge complicated ordeals. They're just simple, simple, simple things. So uh, anyways, anybody have um, New Year's workout plans or anything like that? I know it's not really the thing but I always start whatever it is I want to do for like New Year's I always start it way before New Year's because I find that um I like the refreshing of kind of a fresh calendar year but um I don't like to wait until the first to start things I just start them when I think of it you know usually in December and then kind of continue on in January and see it as like practice habit so I am going to make um a habit practice for myself of doing some kind of physical activity each day, which is just to make my mind pay attention. It's probably never going to be huge. You too, Elaine. Um, probably not going to be huge, long, intense, dedicated sorts of things. But if I'm just making sure that I'm getting physical exercise once a day, um, either Melissa Wood or walking or... That's so cool. And that. Just because I want to make sure that I'm getting my heart rate up and I'm getting that like a little bit of sweat. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, everyone. Closing out 2020. Next up is Christmas. I know we will all be back on January 2nd for the January or the five cleanses for 2021. So I will see you back here then. Um, but other than that, vacation time. <laughs> Which means, of course, for all of us moms, nonstop magic making time. No vacation. <laughs> We've got magic to make. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for rolling through an amazing, another wonderful, wonderful, incredible, incredible year. I can't believe how much content we have produced just in working to upload things to the podcast. I'm just astonished. I am astonied. 
as the King James says, at how much incredible content we have. And um, I have just a very few episodes left to upload and then it will all be there for you guys to present to your teams as something they can listen to in the car or when they're doing these exercises, you can just listen to fantastic inspiration. And of course, everybody's job is to be listening. If you hear anything uncompliant, let us know and we will delete that episode. Okay. So everyone have an amazing Christmas and I'll see you back in the new year. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. And the, the phantom that goes behind. Phantom Michael going by. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas past. <laughs> All right. Have an awesome night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Thank good you. Night. Good night. Good night, Claudia.